the show. It is Thursday, May something. May 25th. That sound right? Yeah. yeah. Good? I have no idea. All right. It's May 25th. Pretty sure. Just go with it. Uh, getting ready for Memorial Day weekend. I'm going to tell Heath and Chris this right now. It's going to be a big surpri- surprise. I'd like to record two podcasts tomorrow. Oh. Well. Little mailbag. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, for Monday, since we won't be in on Monday. It'll be a uh, Friday mailbag airing on Monday, so a lot of stuff's gonna happen over the weekend we won't know about, but anyway, we'll have fun with it. Uh, and good morning to you fellas. It's, it's an excellent morning because you're here, and I, uh-huh. I love the fact that when you come into the office, you wear a professional looking shirt. I'm a little bit sad about the fact that I missed that it was plaid Thursday. <laughs> yeah, uh, we were talking, well that, I think Adams is more of like a gingham. It's more of like a picnic table cover. Yeah, I think that's gingham. Jeez, I used to love this shirt. Now it's gingham style. No, I'm it's not. A picnic it's table not a cover. criticism. It's uh, gingham's just a style. Okay, yeah, gingham style. Uh, did anybody ever say that? Both of these shirts are like a decade old, right? No, this this is a. Uh, you know what? Leave me alone. This shirt is great. Now, <laughs> I I want you to tell me. You're taking shots with your Arizona Cardinals shirt. Yeah, I've seen that shirt quite a bit, Heath. That was a regular of the rotation. Uh, I, I want you guys to tell me what to lead the show with today. What, what jumped out at you? What's the big stuff to take away from Wednesday's games? Uh, Luis Severino is absolutely amazeballs. Really? He was, uh, and I, I've seen him pitch some this year. I saw a lot of him last night, and as I was watching the start, I was thinking, yes, I'm too low on him. Because it wasn't a situation where it was just the Royals. He was really, really good. Not necessarily getting a huge amount of swinging strikes, but it's just so difficult to make hard contact on what the stuff he had last night. I believe he said this was his best start of his career, and I don't know if he meant like you know by the numbers or how he felt. There was a, he, an think. antidote on the broadcast last night that uh, his meeting with Pedro Martinez. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was the thing that turned things around for him? Well, yeah, and the changeup, obviously, for Severino. Actually, I had a section here called uh, "Crazy Eights," and Severino was part of it, and, and so is Jose Barrios. And Chris said, "What's Crazy Eights? Have you figured it out yet?" Those are the two guys in it: Barrios and Severino. They always pitch into the eighth inning. They both had ERAs over eight last year. Oh, oh okay. And now they sure. both pitched yesterday, and they both pitched very well. Barrios, I mean, he gave up. How many, did you have two or three home runs yesterday? I think three solos, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, he probably got left, because I think two of them were in the seventh inning. He probably got left in that game a little too long, even though the pitch count wasn't very high. Either way, seven strikeouts, uh, four hits, three runs, in six and a third for Barrios, who has a 166 ERA, four walks, 22 strikeouts in three starts. Severino now, 311 ERA, 14 walks, 61 strikeouts in 55 innings, and a great whip. But... um his previous four starts, he had a 450 ERA. So this was nice to see. Who would you guys rather own, Severino or Barrios? Severino. Yeah, I've got uh, Severino higher. The relief pitcher eligibility especially gives him the edge in head-to-head leagues, but just a bit more of a track record. We've seen him be good across parts of two seasons. This is the first time we've ever seen Jose Barrios pitch well in the majors. Would you rather have them or Sonny Gray? Both of them than Sonny Gray. Um, what the I heck was that, Sonny Gray, yesterday? Yeah, there's something interesting going on with him. He threw his slider like 35% of the time and got like 11 swinging strikes with it or something crazy. Like nine swinging strikes with it. Um, I'm very impressed by what Sonny Gray's doing. I don't think he has the upside that either of those guys do, but I, I would like all three of them. I think he's got 
like 31 swinging strikes or 32 swinging strikes yep. in his last two starts, and that's that's crazy. Just that's not the kind of pitcher Sonny Gray has been in the past. Um, and I wonder if it's because he's throwing the slider more. Maybe I I was so I was traveling yesterday. I didn't really watch that much, but I had that game on, and all I heard were the Marlins broadcasters just glowing about how good Sonny Gray looked. And 11 strikeouts, one run in seven innings. I Terrific. moved Gray up this morning as I updated my rankings, but where it was, to? He was up into the Shoemaker Wood Nova range, uh, which is a, a number five starting pitcher, and he could go higher if he keeps this up, but. Two starts is not enough to put him – like, I've got Brios and Severino in my number three starter range. Because Jose Brios has made right. three good starts. Yep. <laughs> I, I you, mean, it's just – You agree the, that Brios, the logic – You're but, arguing but, something that you don't agree with. Brios no, has more I, I upside. You have Brios ranked higher than I absolutely think Sonny Gray belongs in the conversation with Brios. I think you Severino – I haven't updated my rankings yet, but I think Severino's a clear what step are you waiting for, him. Chris? We're doing a podcast right now. <laughs> um but I, I think Severino's a, a step ahead of the two of them, but I think Gray and Barrios are in the same range. We've seen Gray be very, very good in the majors. Just not like this at all. In a in a way that was completely different with a very good defense. If you look at the just like season long numbers, uh walk to strike well no, no, that's not really true anymore. Never mind, scratch that on Sonny Gray. I was gonna say they they look kinda similar, but they they don't. Not after <laughs> yesterday. But um Anyway, like you look at, at starting pitching, right? And every day it just seems like we are <sighs> okay. It almost seems like the fringy starting pitchers that segment that we do that we've done for years used to be the most important segment in the show, and now I feel like it's the least important. I thought now it was the only segment because we talk about it so no, incredibly we, much. They're all we don't really pitchers, but like Severino isn't. Anymore, he's an absolute must own, and he's an absolute must start. Barrios is an absolute must own and an absolute must start. I mean, and the guys that are fringy starting pitchers are almost all matchup guys. That they're all the same. They all kind of stink, and you only want to play them in good matchups. Now, when you get a guy like Joe Ross, who was like sixty percent owned yesterday or fifty percent owned, whatever it was, okay, and Barrios was there. Two yeah, that's ago. that's the thing is that I think with starting pitcher and maybe especially this season, we're more willing to react quickly. Jose Brios has made three starts this season. Yeah. One of them was really good. The other two have been pretty good. And all of a sudden, we're like, this is a top 30 starting pitcher. This guy's must start. And it's like, this is still only 18% of his major league career. Now, he's clearly made some changes. But this was a guy who, while he was a top starting pitching prospect, was not necessarily viewed as... The same way someone like maybe Alex Reyes was viewed coming into the season. He was viewed as maybe a bit more polished, but someone who a lot of people thought might end up in the bullpen in the long run. And that's kind of the same thing with Severino. Okay, but but you agree that right now you have to treat Barrios as a must start, just given sure. what your lineup, yes. your your roster looks like. I, I mean, the other the other fringy starting pitchers that I had in today's show were like Erasmo Ramirez, who you know had a, had a nice start. great pickup for Team Creeth. Yeah, well, 12% I mean, I percent owned. I started Lance Lynn. That's who we benched for him, but... Still, great pick. You benched Lance Lynn for Erasmo Ramirez? Chris he had did. a tough matchup, right? He had the Dodgers. Uh, Lance yeah. Lynn had two starts. Oh, one of them's in Colorado. It's, it, uh, it was the okay, right call. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, Charlie Morton's 84... Charlie Morton's 84% owned. He's barely fringy at this point. I think he's must-own at this point, yeah. Charlie Morton? Yep. All right. Daniel Norris had a good start, but he's been bad. Uh, Jeremy Hellickson, he's... Got 22 strikeouts this year. He was yeah. terrible, right? 
Last night, uh, yeah, he, yeah, he yeah, was he's got awful 11 against stri- the Rockies. I think he's got 16 strikeouts in his last five games or something, or 11, some crazy low number. Jason Hamill, since starting to pitch exclusively out of the stretch, has had two good starts and two terrible starts. He had a good one yesterday and has a 540 ERA in those four starts. And Chris Tillman's been bad. He's got a 443 ERA and nine walks, 15 strikeouts. So again, it's like every day, this fringy starting pitcher section is so lackluster. But you guys tell me if there are, are, are any pitchers out there that could be the next Barrio, so the next Severino. Severino was probably, I don't know, 50% drafted? I, just a guess. But he was, at one point, a waiver wire pickup. Oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, we didn't think Severino or Barrios would necessarily be the the versions of themselves that they have been. So, so. who's next? Joe Ross, I think. Yeah, Joe Ross is the, candidate. The, the most likely to jump into that top 40. Uh, I don't think there's anyone that pitched last night that's going to get that high. Maybe Rich Hill. Oh, well, he's already up there. He's 92% owned. Uh, um, yeah, Rich Hill was terrible yesterday, and he said the blisters were not an issue. We'll get to Rich Hill in a I, second. I do think it's like you mentioned Hamill. He did look very good last night, had a lot of swinging strikes, and he's got two starts next week, both at Kauffman Stadium. He's probably somebody that was dropped almost everywhere. He's 18% owned. He's going to be a two-start sleeper heading into week nine. Okay. Yeah, and that's and <laughs> kind of says something about pitching, doesn't it? Because I don't really want to trust Hamill. Do yeah. you? Well, you don't. Like, again, it's a different expectation than what we've had in years past. Yeah. I, but he's been terrible, Heath. He has not been good this year. He was just good in his last start. Mm-hmm. He's had, what, three good starts all year? All right, I'll give you some names here. Um, Mike Fultonevich, 48% owned. Joe Ross is 58% owned. That's the winner. How about, like, every Rockies pitcher when they're on the road? Yeah, I was thinking Tyler Chatwood pitched really well yesterday. Walked four, but allowed one hit over seven innings. It's against the Phillies, so who knows how much to take out of that. But, yeah, they've got a lot of guys who look interesting, if nothing else. Yeah, I like Marquez. I mean, in road starts anyway. He's been very, very good on the road. Um, alright guys, we'll, we'll get into all that. I, I want to talk about Brad Hand. Brad Hand is 10% owned. These are his numbers. He's 0-3, but he's got a 173 ERA, 10 walks, 35 strikeouts in 26 innings. That's Brad Hand, who got the save for the Padres last night. And inspired a, a wonderful string of tweets from Scott White. With uh, talk to the hand gifs. Oh, really? Yes. Dad right. learned how to do gifs. <laughs> it was it was very nice. I'm sure some of his cranky readers told him that uh, he shouldn't be doing that. But no, I is he the closer? Brandon Maurer pitched the eighth. He pitched the ninth. As of right now, I would expect that he is. I would assume so. Brandon Maurer so mediocre. Brad Hand's been really good since moving to the bullpen full time last season. Two ninety two ERA over eighty nine innings. Yeah, I I like Brad Hand a lot. We. We've got him on Team Kreeth. He is on Team Kreeth. With every reliever on Team Kreeth. Exactly. Uh, San Diego is not good. They are 17 and 31, so don't expect a ton of save chances, but there's someone you can go for. And Adam Frazier is 26% owned, getting a lot of emails and tweets about Adam Frazier, who is leading off for the Pirates. I'm not sure if you saw what the Pirates did yesterday, but they really improved their lineup. Like, big development here. They sat Andrew McCutcheon. It was huge for them. But, um, Boo. and they scored like 13 runs. Frazier's 26% owned. He's batting 370 with two home runs and two steals and six attempts. But nice uh, one-to-one walk-to-strikeout ratio. He's got a 958 OPS and 107 plate appearances. 
Tell me your thoughts on Adam Frazier. I wrote about him yesterday in Waverwire, and it's funny because we wrote about him right after Marte got suspended and how he may have a lot of playing time. And then like four or five days later, he got hurt. He got hurt. Went on the disabled list. Since he's come back, he's been unbelievably good. And I say unbelievably with heavy emphasis because I don't believe it. <laughs> but I think he's probably a 300 hitter. Yeah. And I think if he's leading off for the Pirates, he's going to score a decent number of runs. So he has value in all deep leagues. He has value in all NL only leagues. I'm not there yet in a standard will, even five out. He's league. got a decent amount of positional versatility. I think he's outfield and at least second base, if not more than that. Um, I think that's look it up him, first, Heath. I think that makes go, him go, a, go. a pretty viable second base and outfield okay. and middle infield. Uh, oh, that is so a reason, cheap. a reasonably NCH. viable, uh, roto option. If we think he's a 300 hitter and in a, in 260 major league plate appearances, he's a 328 hitter. He's got six steals in that time, four home runs. So, you know, over the course of a full season, I think you could view him as someone who might steal 15, 20 bases. Probably is a 300 hitter. Mm-hmm. Not, ton, not a ton of power for Frazier. Adam no. Frazier or Devin Travis? Travis? Travis still. Adam Frazier or Jorge Bonifacio? Whew. That depends solely on what I need. Yeah. If I need some pop, then I'm going with Bonif- Bonifacio. But it's more likely you need what Adam Frazier brings. It's a little rare. Yeah, the batting average, yep. Yeah. If you need a middle infielder, would you go with Adam Frazier or the guy who is the number four second baseman in points leagues, number 12 in Roto? It's a big difference. Jed Lowry. Lowry. Probably Lowry. Jet Lowry, 21% yeah. owned. Four for four with two doubles yesterday. Bob Melvin, his manager, said this is the best Lowry has felt. I think he said ever. I don't think he meant ever, but, you know, he's, but let's just say in a long time. Um, four doubles in his last two games. Not great against lefties. He's a switch hitter, so, you know, if you're daily, you probably want to start Lowry against righties. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I never really believe in Jed Lowry. I feel like, I feel like for the past four or five years, there's been a Jed Lowry stretch and somebody, Al or Scott, has been like buying into Jed Lowry. But we are almost two months into the season, and like, like I said, he's the number four second baseman in points leagues. He's number 12 in, in, uh, in categories of Roto, batting 300 with six home runs, no steals. Uh, but Jed Lowry, anybody believing in this? There's not too much that's fluky about what he's doing so far. The peripherals all look pretty good. Walk and strikeout rate are... In the brains that he's been in the past, and you know, you do have to go back to 2013 to the last time he was good. But he did hit 290 over a full season with 15 home runs that year. I think that's the key. Is that's the only year in his career he's ever played 150 games. Yeah, and so I, what you have to expect an injury for Jed Lowry at some point. Yeah, but that one year that he played 150 games, his slash line was 290, 344, 446. That's not too far from what he's doing this year. So would you take Jed Lowry or Devin Travis? Travis. Travis. All right, then. Uh, we have a lot more for you today. I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. I'm going to give you guys some friendly advice because I like you. I'm your friend, and I I think I'm noticing something that I just think you guys are doing wrong, and I want to help you. So I look forward to giving you that advice. I've been like putting on deodorant and stuff. <laughs> I know you're in the office for the first time in a few weeks, but jeez. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit later. But, fellas, you need a good shave. You need to stop wasting money on razor blades. You need Harry's razors. Trust me. Give it a shot. I use my Harry's razor every time I shave. It's a great shave, and, and it saves me a lot of money. And you know what else you need? A Father's Day gift. Those could be tough to get. He's a dad. 
He needs a Father's Day gift. Check this out. Our friends over at Harry's have a special offer that you're going to love, and Dad's going to love it too. Get $5 off one of their shave sets, including a limited edition Father's Day set, at harrys.com slash fbt. You want that $5 discount? harrys.com slash fbt, as in fantasy baseball today. I'm actually going to do this. Uh, join me. I'm going to get this for my dad. It's tough shopping for dad. It's a pain, but this is a perfect gift. harrys.com slash fbt for the Father's Day set and $5 off. Look, it's a close, comfortable shave. I love the shave balm. It saves you money, so why not use Harry's? Shave sets, sh- uh, shave sets start at just 15 bucks uh, on Harry's, and you get that $5 discount. So, again, go to harrys.com slash FBT. Get the special offer for fans of the show. Harry's going to give you $5 off one of their shave sets. A limited time only. Act now. That's harrys.com slash FBT to get $5 off and to help support our show, Fantasy Baseball Today. All right, tell me if you think these guys are stud starting pitchers. Sonny Gray, Rich Hill, who said his fingers were fine, but his mechanics were a mess. Tanner Roark, who bounced back nicely yesterday. And Mike, oh, two more. Mike Leak, who has a 191 ERA. Is he the, uh, he's gotta be the NL ERA leader. Um, and Julio Tehran, who had a good start at home against the McCutcheonless Pirates. So we got Gray, Rich Hill, Tanner Roark, Mike Leak, Julio Tehran, do you consider them studs? No. None of them are studs. Uh, there are, well, there, there are just, there are red flags with all of them. And I, I view a stud as someone that I trust. I don't trust any of these guys, but I like all of them to varying degrees. I, I'll say, let's just do the stud index. <laughs> uh, I'm going to put Tehran at the top, followed by Rourke. You know, Rich Hill can't be a stud because a stud would have built up calluses from all that hard work, <laughs> and he clearly hasn't. Um, I'm still putting Leak last. Wow. I get it. I understand why we keep getting tweets and emails saying, look at what Mike Leak has done. Why don't you move him up? I don't think it's going to last. Everything for him is exactly the same as it was last year. His strikeout rate is within... One and a half percentage points. His walk rate is 0.2 percentage points. Last year points was a up. terrible year for Leak. But if you look at Leak on Cincinnati, he had three seasons. Look look at his road ERA. Yeah. 281, 407, bad, 291. So in two out of three seasons on the road, and this was a big-time fly ball pitcher, right, Mike Leak? No, he's a ground ball guy. So why was he so much worse at home? Just well, Great American Ballpark is not a good place bad, to pitch. Bad to begin with. Yeah. Um, and his margin for error is not going to be pretty very high. Um, you know, he, he doesn't strike a lot of guys out, so he's gonna allow a, a pretty high number of hits. Alright, so even if you have Leak last on this list of, of, uh, Roark, Tehran, Gray, Hill, well, however you, I don't remember how you ranked it. Like, are you going to move Mike Leak up? Where is Mike Leak in your rank? Is he a top 50 pitcher? I almost certainly have to move him up. I would guess. Let's um, just do it live on air. Mike Leak was 72nd for me before this most recent start. He's going up past Jason Vargas, up past Charlie Morton, up past Zach Wheeler, and he's going to settle in right behind Ian Kennedy at 66th. All right, Tanner, that's, or Mike Leak rather, 66th. <laughs> that's not that good. But that's okay. in Roto. He'll give go me, higher in points. Give me number forty-five. 
Uh, in those same rankings. You know what? I'm going to move him one spot ahead of Ian Kennedy. <laughs> 62. 62? Yeah. Okay. Number 45 in those same rankings is Lance Lynn. 46. 46 is Jared Eikhoff. That's an interesting one. Maybe I'd 47 think... is Irvin Santana. No, I think I'd have to go Santana there. 48 is John Lackey. Kind of feel like Lackey might be done. 49 is Sean Manaya. A lot of hype, not a lot of production. 50 is Rich Hill. Pitching sucks. Rich Hill, <laughs> all right. Look, Rich Hill, when he's on, he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. He's, yep. Is he a buy-low candidate? Or is he a lose-your-spot-in-the-rotation candidate, or what? He's a 10-day DL candidate yeah, at this, all times. This um, is the thing with, like, what are the Dodgers going to do with all their pitchers while well, we've seen? Yeah. This is going to work itself out. Well, I, I so you got to be a little concerned that Rich Hill doesn't stay in the rotation. I would not give up anything of like great value for Rich Hill, but if you could trade somebody that you're do- like on your bench that you don't really care about, sure. It's a big time upside play. We know that. Agreed. But it's also a downside play, so you have to make sure that whoever you're giving up for Rich Hill, uh, you don't you're not in love with. All right, moving on. The two most predictable mid-round picks in fantasy are having horrible years. That would be, in my opinion, Kyle Seeger and Jose Quintana. Quintana got lit up yesterday at Arizona, gave up eight runs in four and a third. And while Seeger did struggle last year, it was really for a month. Now it's almost two months where Kyle Seeger is batting two fifty-two with four home runs. You gotta like the twenty walks to thirty strikeouts, but look, this is a bad year. He had a he had a ten fifty OPS in May last year, so Seeger had snapped out of it much earlier. I, I always felt like Seeger and Quintana are just like two guys you could draft, you know what you're getting. Right. Uh, do you still feel that way with Seeger and Quintana? Seeger, I did a, a lot of polls earlier in the week on who people want rest of the season. And what I found is the public perception on Kyle Seeger is still higher than the Heath perception. I've dropped him down to 12th at third base in Roto, behind Jake Lamb, behind Why? Rendon, behind Travis Shaw. Interesting. Why? Tra- Ooh, come on. I couldn't, no way! You can't take Travis Shaw over Kyle Seeger. No, I'm, I'm, ser- I'm seriously Look, asking. Wh- like, why- I'm trying to understand your reasoning here. Uh, you know, we're, we're talking about someone who has been a consistent 25 to 30 home run guy, mm-hmm. which is He's what like you're a hoping top, Travis Shaw. Top eight be. third baseman every year. Last year was yeah, even just better. What's changed? Uh, he has been dreadful for, um, Almost two months now. Okay, but it's like you believe in Nick. I think it's Nick Castellanos. Mm-hmm. You believe in Nick Castellanos, mm-hmm. but even you said I'm going to have to move him down because he just continues to be bad. Right, but tr- Nick Castellanos doesn't have near the track record Cal Seager does. Cal Seager's had a bad month and a half. Nick Castellanos, I'm hoping that the bad month and a half is not just a continuation of his career. Cal Seager, I'm assuming that the bad month and a half is just. What it almost certainly is, which is an aberration. I don't think there, like I had him below Rendon at the start of the year mm-hmm. anyway, so I guess that wasn't really a move. Okay. Jake Lamb has been amazing. Homered off a lefty yesterday. Homered off a lefty. Quintana. <laughs> and I've just slowly moved him up like two spots at sure. a time, and he's finally gotten to that point past him. So I guess the one guy that you're not sure why I would have him ahead of him is Travis Shaw. Like you don't under, you don't have any problem with Lamb ahead of Seeger, do you? I, I, don't love it or hate it. I think they're in the same range. Yeah, Shaw's, you know, I, I, that's a big downgrade for Seeger to be behind Shaw. And because a big part of what you loved about Travis Shaw isn't happening this year. He's not hitting fly balls. No, but he is getting the production in Miller Park. 
Sure. But do you – yeah, I, I just – I don't know. I guys, can't. How, how confident are we that Seager's going to turn it around? I'm very confident. I – I don't see any reason not to be. I feel he's going to have the worst year that he's had in the last five. Okay. How confident are we that Jose Quintana is going to turn it around? Pretty confident. I think this is the one that confused me. This is the I was talking about Sonny Gray earlier. Quintana is the guy that if you look at a lot of his a lot of his ratios, his batted ball profile, it it looks pretty similar. The walks are way up though. But that wasn't a problem yesterday. He didn't walk anybody in four and a third. But less hard contact than last year, more fly balls but more pop ups. I don't know. I I don't I looked at his fan graphs page. I don't see anything from Jose Quintana peripherally that says he should be this bad 482 ERA. That's the same it's the same thing with both Seager and Quintana. I just think it's probably I'm sure both of these guys had stretches like this last season that were just buried. At what point though? Cuz like and it's we get that that's this email yesterday. It was like the third one about y'all play scared. <laughs> and I don't I don't remember the exact email, but the guy was asking, okay, April's too early. May mid-May, which now I mean May's over next week. May's too early. At what point do we say, okay, this guy is having a bad year? I think it's easier to say that about a hitter because he's had so many more plate appearances than a pitcher who's made eight starts, nine starts. But, yeah, I look, it's getting to the point where it's concerning. However, this does happen. I mean, because I, I, cause I want to talk about Carlos Gonzalez, like, right? Jose Quintana last season from May 20th to July 9th had a 4.57 ERA over 10 starts. Okay, that's... That's he's 482 over probably nine starts this year, something like, like that. Like I, I just, when do I get concerned? When the underlying skill set appears to have changed. But there are years where, God, like, the reason we do regression candidates mm-hmm. in March each year is because there are year, years where guys just sure, don't but snap that, out of it. But that's yes, but that's and like, it, like assuming that they're not going to play to the skill set that they're showing moving forward. I think like. Unless there's like a compelling reason to believe it, like Michael Pineda. Michael Pineda is someone that for his entire career has just not pitched to his peripherals. So I think that's a reasonable thing to continue to assume moving forward. That's never been a thing for Jose Quintana. That's never been a thing for Kyle Seeger. These are guys that you look at the underlying skill sets and they look exactly the same this season. Well, not, no, Quintana's got a 3.83 FIP. It's a half run higher than his career. It's the walks. He's got a 4.38 X FIP. Okay, the sure. walks, yeah, but and that's just weird, and and I, I think the walks have been trending in the right direction for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's given me a little. But that's what I said about Tanaka too. I was like, oh, Tanaka's gonna be fine. He's just walking people, and then he stopped walking people, and he still got hammered. So uh, yeah, I still I think know. Tanaka's gonna be fine too. Tanaka's pitching tonight against the Royals. If you believe in Tanaka, now it's time to make offers. I think offers. that game's already been rained out. Really? Yeah. All right, the Yankees then. wanted no part of uh, Miguel Almonte. Oh, that sucks. Tanaka versus Almonte? That got rained out? I, wow. I believe we got an email saying that now I'm sure that I'll end up being wrong. I hope so. But we'll uh, this momentum. All right. Anyway, um, let's move on. Speaking of Yankees, let's talk about the Yankees for the rest of the show. Uh, Jacoby Ellsbury left with a concussion. He's going on the seven-day DL and a sprained neck, which might be – uh, something that keeps him out longer than the concussion. He ran into the outfield wall in the first play of the game. Aaron Hicks, 58% owned. Now he has cooled off, Aaron Hicks. Last 10 games, he's batting 167. He does have two home runs. One of them was as Yankee Stadium as it gets. Uh, he does have eight walks to nine strikeouts, which is nice. And on the year, Aaron Hicks has, what's it, like his OBP, 426. He's just so many walks, 24 walks to 22 strikeouts. All right, fifty-eight percent owned. 
I he was available he's... in two leagues. I didn't pick him up yesterday. I, but what do you think? Meredith? I believe he is swinging less than any batter in baseball currently. Uh, 34.2% is his swing rate, which is really low. Um, and I don't know how much, like, he's always been relatively low. He's 41% for his career. Um, I don't know how much of that is just pitchers aren't throwing him anything in the zone. But I, I don't know. I, I'm not, I haven't been buying the Aaron Hicks breakout and I'm going to continue to not buy it. He is certainly more interesting if Ellsbury misses a chunk of time. And this is one of the things I'd been saying about him that I wasn't really buying into it. But to his credit, with the hit of like Holiday, Gardner, Ellsbury, it was really hard to believe that those three were going to stay healthy all year long. Yeah. He gets the opportunity, then he becomes a borderline number five outfielder. I mean, he's a power speed guy as it is right now. He's got eight home runs and six steals in 103 at bats. And again, a 426 on base percentage. Yeah. He but has also, cooled off. But also a 27% hard contact rate and a 27% soft contact rate. Well, six of Hicks's eight home runs, I believe, have come at home. Yeah. So if he's going to take advantage, and he's a switch hitter, but if he's going to take advantage of the short porch, you know, maybe he can outperform his hard contact like, like Didi Gregorius did last year. Oh, I think, yeah, you don't, Miller Park, Yankee Stadium, if you're a left-handed hitter, you don't Oof, need the man. hard contact. He has not, of his eight home runs, none have traveled more than 396 feet. But you don't have to hit home runs more than 395 yeah, he, he hit like a 320-foot home run. Yeah, five way. have been <laughs> 360 feet or less. I don't know if it was 320, but it was very small. All right, would you rather have Aaron Altair or Aaron Hicks? Altair. Altair. Uh, Aaron Hicks or Hunter Renfro, who homered yesterday. Renfro. Keeping it going. Probably Renfro. Okay. Let's check in on the aces. Corey Kluber will make a rehab start today. Dallas Keuchel expects to start Saturday. David Price could start next week. That might have been, might have been his last rehab start. I just could he got behind uh, May. Yeah, he got, he yeah. got rocked and, uh, left the park without speaking to anybody. I've seen so many bad rehab just, outings that just, just haven't mattered. He's throwing 94. There. Okay, yeah, putting it out there. Christian Yelich day-to-day. Jake Lamb homered off a lefty. Houston Street began a rehab assignment. We talked about this yesterday. I don't know. If you're desperate for a closer, it's not the worst person to stash, but probably Bud Norris. Probably pretty close to the worst person you could stash. There's there's <laughs> like at just, least 40 worst pitchers to stash. In terms but. in terms of his skill set and the chances that he becomes closer, you put it all together and like... It's bad, yeah. Yeah. Houston go Street. go get Brad Hand if you need a closer. Toronto outfielder Anthony Alford will be out a while with a fractured wrist. Yonder Alonso expected back Friday. Travis Darno off the DL, but Rene Rivera started for the Mets. That's just not going to last that long. until he, Once he stops hitting, it'll be Darno again. Um, Margo... Manuel Margo left with lower leg tightness. Nate Carnes is on the DL with nerve irritation in his arm. That could be a quick one. Mitch Hanniger nearing a rehab assignment, and Homer Simpson is being inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. That is tremendous. He played one game. <laughs> he, he scored. Like, he drove in the winning we're, run. We're going to talk about like you know. Oh, some people think Kirby Puckett shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. Homer Simpson played one game. Give me a break. I want you Ridiculous. to know how how lame I am. Um, first of all. I, I'm here in Florida now where I actually have friends and a social life. It's people who still live here. I live in Westchester County without a car. 
I have like no friends and no life. So I stay home all the time, basically. And over the weekend, I made a 32 person bracket, I guess like 32 team bracket of the best Simpsons characters of all time. Okay. I want to actually like make it part of the podcast because what this started from was that, you know, I tweeted or somebody tweeted me about the Mount Rushmore of Simpsons characters. I retweeted it, got a ton of response. It has to just be the family, right? Almost nobody said that. So I actually think if you're going to do this 32-person, 32-character tournament, it should be who's the second-best Simpsons character of all time. Homer's a Hall of Famer. I mean, nobody's beating Homer. Uh, but I put that together. I I think I'm going to try to make it part of the show. I want people to participate. I'll see if I can post it online somewhere. Can we just do that on Wednesdays? When you're not here? <laughs> we could try. But who's the second-best Simpsons character of all time? Um... Yeah, it's gotta be Bart. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's Burns. Like most people, most people go like Burns, Flander, who? I'll abstain. You don't like Simpsons? Yeah, I you mean, I don't like dislike your, it. Just never really get into it. Your yeah. elitist East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, light up stuff. Trevor's story was back in the lineup for the Rockies. I, I'm gonna tell you something, you tell me how significant it is. Logan Forsyth, 49% owned, has, has let off both games since coming off the DL, both against righties. Also got third base eligibility, which no one would ever play him at because yeah. there's like 45 <laughs> other third basemen. Um, minorly significant. Yeah. Minorly? Minorly. Is that a word? Yeah. It is now. <laughs> is it? Yeah, a, got, it might be a word. You got big league significant and minor league significant. <laughs> minor league significant. Okay. Uh, Jacques Peterson sat after his Tuesday collision with the Osseo Puig. Chris Taylor was in center field. Let's see if I believe Peterson that's the first time, time he's ever played the outfield as a professional. Well, they like Chris Taylor, I guess. Uh, Javier Baez let off. Ben Zobris sat. Significant? Baez, Baez, by the way, is, over the last almost month, he's like the number one shortstop in Roto. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah Roto. You don't believe that? I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm almost <laughs> positive it's true. And I'll tell you why in a little bit. But he's hit, look at his slash line. Yeah, he has, uh, he started to look like someone that if he played every day would be must own. He's, that's why he's not number one in points. Because the bats aren't there. But right. in Roto, Baez over the last almost month, I, I think he's number one. I'll sell as that. Alright, Michael Franco sat for the second straight game as they're trying to get him right. Yeah, I would assume, I, Nicholas Castellanos, same thing. He's gonna sit the next two games. I would assume that's kind of the same thought process. Bullpen stuff. Edwin Diaz. Walked two, but he did not give up a run in a non-save situation. So that's three scoreless innings since losing the closers role. He'll be back. Uh, Justin Wilson gave up his second home run in three games. We don't care, right? Team Kreese dealt him away just in time. <laughs> Coda Glover pitched the ninth inning of a four-run game. Threw a scoreless. He's so clearly he threw a scoreless inning with a strikeout. Glover's so clearly. Well, there was the a best. Dusty Baker quote basically saying it's his. Okay, I believe. I believe what he said was, "This is the job he's wanted, and now he's got it." Glover or Hand? Glover. Glover. You just- sure? Just by dint of having... He's going to lose that job soon when if, they make a trade. If Brad Hand pitched for the Nationals, it would definitely be Brad Hand. Listen, you all have to pick up Tommy Conley because he's so good. And there's a, there's a very good chance that he's the closer in a month for the White Sox. And even if he's not, you all stop playing scared and pick up Tommy Conley. Uh, Fernando Rodney, last eight appearances, one hit, no runs. Opponents are, have a, opponents have a 197 OPS against Fernando Rodney, 58% owned. And it didn't even happen after he got cut this time. <laughs> uh, Rodney or Glover? Glover. Glover. Rodney or Hand? Hand. 
Cody Pretty Allen. Anybody who pitches in a safe situation, I will put over Fernando Rodgers. <laughs> he is the absolute bottom of that list. Cody Allen uh, struggled yesterday. We don't care, right? Nope. Okay. All right, here are some questions for you and some friendly advice in just one second because I have to tell you about a promise I broke to the listeners. I, I lied to them. I told you, listeners, that if you challenged me in draft that I would whoop you, that I would destroy you. I lost uh, all three of my draft contests against <laughs> listeners on Tuesday, and I was traveling yesterday, so I didn't get to accept any. But my username is Big Kane 2 Please keep following me, and I will um, I will accept some. I can't play 15 a day, but I will accept some, accept some requests. Anyway, download the draft app. Search draft in the app store. It's going to come up first. Compete against me or your friends or strangers. Beat them. Win money. Or play for free. Uh, great offer for you on draft. Download the app and use the promo code FB today. You're going to get a 100% bonus on up to 600 bucks, 600 free dollars when you deposit and you use the offer code FB today. Draft is the best daily fantasy app because you can do snake drafts every single day. And your chances of winning money on draft are almost three times better than on FanDuel or DraftKings. But seriously, the snake drafts, such a fun way to play daily fantasy. Big Kane 2, challenge me. I'll accept some requests. Let's play for a dollar or for free. But you have to download Draft, and you have to use the promo code FB today to get that bonus money. The promo code is FB today. Sounds like if they challenge you, they're playing for free either way. Pretty much. Okay. No, they're all, they're making money. All right. Uh, I was actually doing quite well on Draft before Tuesday. Bad day. Uh, some questions and some friendly advice. Can someone tell Xander Bogarts to hit a freaking home run, please? Uh, he and Dustin Pedroia are the only two players in baseball with at least 100 batted balls who do not yet have a barreled ball, according to Baseball Savant. Interesting. But Bogarts is the number four shortstop in points leagues. However, he is number nine in Roto. He's hitting 331 with no home runs, seven steals, which is great. He's having a good year. He's just not hitting yeah. any home runs. And he's going to hit some home runs. So is Bogarts top five, right? Shortstop? I think I have... Yes, I have him fifth. Bogarts or Story, rest of season? Bogarts. Yeah. Bogarts or Lindor? Lindor. Lindor. All right, so basically his value hasn't changed. Uh, yeah, the the interesting one for me, I think, is between Bogarts, Segura, and Turner. Oh, they're all stealing now. <laughs> yeah. that's uh, Those three, I think, are, are kind of in a tier. I'd, I'd put Lindor ahead of those three. And everybody else is quite a ways behind them. Who hits the most home runs? Bogarts, this going forward. Bogarts, Turner, or Segura? I guess I'd have to say Segura? Really? Not Bogarts? Bogarts, Lindor, No, Segura? Bogarts, Turner, Segura. Uh, yeah, I'd have to go with Segura. Segura. Okay. I mean, right. Bogarts has got a 125 career ISO. We've really only seen him decide to be a power hitter once, so... Yeah. All right. Uh, what is your take on the Milwaukee outfield? Since Ryan Braun has returned, Braun has sat, Santana has sat, and the other guy. Broxton? Broxton has sat. Yeah. Meanwhile, Arnon Perez is playing all the time. He, maybe he'll sit today if they play today. That, that, that's just kind of my assumption is that everybody's going to get a lot of time off. And at some point they have to – I mean, I don't know if they have to figure it out. It's working. Yeah. Would you rather have Keon Broxton or Aaron Hicks? I'm going to say Broxton, but it's we're getting really close to the point to where you have to wonder why. I'm assuming Ellsbury will go on the seven-day DL. Oh, yeah, he, the, he 100%. They got rid of the seven-day DL. No, no, no. Okay. Concussion. Um, 
We'll see how long it takes because that's that's the thing with concussions. It's really uh, from what I read this morning, it might be the neck injury that's yeah. Like they'll put him on the seven day DL, but the neck injury might keep Ellsbury out. Ellsbury, I mean, he does things that other players do. Other players get up, miss a day. He misses five weeks. You know, it's like uh, all right, but but you're right. I mean, Broxton certainly. We, Hicks could be again, uh, you know, playing two out of three, two out of four games in ten days. So so could Broxton. Yeah, I guess. He did homer yesterday. He's still hitting well. Yeah, it, well, it's really weird. He's got a two seventy one batting average with a four thirty four BABIP. Mm, like, he good. strikes out almost 40% of the time. Broxton. He's got to hit home runs. Yeah, I'd rather have Hicks. All right. You talked me into it. What's your take on Mark Reynolds, Gerardo Parra, Gerardo Parra in Desmond? Uh, I've been waiting for Mark Reynolds to start losing playing time and for his ridiculous over-the-top hot streak to end, and both seem to be happening, so that's good. Well, Reynolds has a last 12 games. He's batting two seventy three, but no extra base hits. But he's still walking a lot, Reynolds. 407 OBP. I don't, he's better than Para. He, I think he's better than Para. Yep. I, I think he's relatively safe until Dahl gets back. And like, we keep hearing Dahl's getting closer. He's getting closer, but he's not, I don't yeah, think I'm he's a, even taking batting practice. I mostly just don't like Believe see much of a reason for Mark Reynolds. Reynolds to be owned as a first baseman. I'd rather have Justin Bohr. I've got a reason. Why? He plays at Coors Field. That's fine, but he, like, he played at Coors Field last year and we didn't own him. Yeah, well, he didn't really play that well last year. That's kind of my expectation. Alright, the walks are interesting for Reynolds, but okay, fair enough. He has sat the last two games against righties. Uh, do Lori Garcia or Max Kepler interest you? I think Max Kepler's interesting. He's 39% on, which was higher than I expected. He has a seven game hitting streak. Kepler's hitting pretty well right now. I think he's probably he was someone that we got really excited about last year when he had that ridiculous hot streak, and I was poo-pooing it because that's what I do. But now that nobody's very excited yeah, about now, him, you're going to get yeah, into yeah, him now. Yeah, yes. Exactly. I um, liked him after he was cool. Exactly. No, I, I think he's he's got an interesting skill set, and he is hitting more fly balls and more line drives this season. He's hitting the ball consistently harder. So I I think there's a there's enough to like about Max Kepler that I'm definitely keeping an eye on him. Max Kepler or Cole Calhoun? Calhoun still. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I think Calhoun stinks, but um, Max Kepler or Melky Cabrera? Probably Kepler. I yeah, Cabrera's just so average. Unless you're in like a deep league where if Cole Calhoun gets dropped, he's definitely getting picked up. Wouldn't you just rather just play the hot hand? Calhoun has been miserable this year, and he's just not that good. He was the hot hand just a week ago. He was. I think so. I don't even. Okay, I guess I missed that, but <laughs> it didn't last a long time. It's not that he's, you know, his upside is like the thirtieth best outfielder. Right, Max Kepler, I don't think has any higher upside than that. I I disagree. I mean, because it, it sounds lofty, but having a year where you're the thirtieth best thirtieth best outfielder might not be that great. You know, like Brett Gardner's it, done that. Well, two it, or three times. it depends. If it's one of those situations like we've talked about with Hosmer or Hunter Pence, there's a yeah. lot of situations where. You might end up ranked fairly high, but that's just because right. you were here the whole time. And right. You were never one of the 30 best outfielders. I would rather have Kepler or Mabin. I'd rather have Kepler. Uh, Mabin and Roto. Next question. How droppable is Odubel Herrera? He's 70% owned. I'm benching him, but not dropping him. Chris has an interesting Odubel Herrera fact that I won't steal his thunder. 
yeah, I saw this yesterday. We we knew his walk rate went really high last season, and uh, I believe he has been he has the highest increase in swing rate from last year to this year. Uh, he's gone up from forty eight point four percent last year to fifty five point two. That can explain uh, a lot of why his walk rate's gone down. Well, Aduba Herrera has one walk, 23 strikeouts in May. <laughs> Outfield is pretty amazing, so I think I personally think he's quite droppable. In April last season, he had 23 walks. Mm-hmm. Last five months, he had 40 walks. So to me, it seems like one. But he did hit 15 home runs with 25 steals. I don't want to take that away from him. But as far as just the walks go, seems like one month. Um, last April he had 23 walks. I, I think that's relatively fair. I expect that he will get hot at some point, but he's not going to match last year's production. At I would all. rather have him than Kepler. For sure. Okay, that's Odubel Herrera. Give me two starting pitchers you would trade Chris Sale for. And I don't mean, I mean at the same time. I was thinking about this like, you can't sell Chris Sale or whatever because he's just too valuable. But would you trade Chris Sale for Carlos Carrasco and Someone similar to Carlos Carrasco, you know what I mean? Lance McCullers and Zach Grinky. You would do that for Chris Sale. Yes. Let me read you this trade. I gotta go searching through the emails. I do want to spend the last ten minutes or so on emails, uh, because we just haven't done enough of that. But it was a Kershaw trade. And okay, here it is. This is from Addison. Give Kershaw, get Dallas Keiko and Corey Kluber. Keiko and Kluber for Kershaw. <laughs> I mean, my whole thing is that you don't want to invest heavily in pitcher because they're so injury prone and you're trading for two pitchers who are currently on the disabled list. I don't, I don't see how I could do that. Uh, that's the only reason why, because they're both on the DL and you just never know. Like Clu, especially Kluber. I'm pretty confident Keiko's coming back on Saturday, but Kluber is making his rehab start today. He's been a little slower than we thought. Right. I guess my problem or the thing I like about it. Is if we're saying all pitchers are injury risks, I'd I'd rather have two good ones than one great one, maybe. And I, I would I would say that if they were not currently hurt. I philosophically, I think that with the, with the way pitcher stacks up now, or there just aren't that many that you can start every week. the The way that you would trade one of the top three pitchers right now, maybe I'm forgetting somebody, but Kershaw, Scherzer, Scherzer sale. sale, they seem to be sort of ahead of the rest at the moment. Is to get two top fifteen pitchers. I think probably that's an interesting true. strategy. That's probably true. Yeah, think about it. All right, finally, here's some friendly advice, guys. Uh, I'm gonna. Uh, this is an uh, exciting opportunity. I'm gonna offer you guys. I'm uh, I'm selling tickets to the DD train. I need you guys to hop on. Uh, I think I am the current high guy on DD in the uh, in our rankings. I looked at the rankings. They're shameful. What do, you, what do you mean? I've got him like 19th. He's better than that. Since returning from the DL, he's the number four shortstop in fantasy. And that is how I know that Javier Baez is, is number one since April 28th. All right. So uh who does he deserve to be ahead of? Addison Russell. No. Oof. What has Addison Russell done? And I know that Didi Gregorius is going to do most of his work at Yankee Stadium. Um, but he hits lefties really well. So that's not an issue anymore. He doesn't hit it for a lot of power against them, but he's hitting like 330 or something. He's well, a good player. When he's you a say good he hits player. lefties well. The average. Right now. Last year. Okay. Last year's. Um, All year. What has Addison Russell done? Nothing. 95 RBI, 21 homers last year. 
Yeah, I I don't see the RBIs. I don't see him. He's, but what did he hit? Two forty. Yeah. He's just who uh, was better in Roto last year, Didi or Addison Russell? Uh, Didi was like fourteenth or twelfth or something like that. They were probably pretty close. You know what? This is I'm just telling you. Fine, you want to keep Russell? That's fine. You got to get on the Didi trade. He's good. I I've moved him up. I think he's fine. I've I'll, got him in my top twenty. I'll move him up. All right, good. Welcome to the welcome to well, the that, trade. Just to get him in your top thirty. No, he's inside my yeah. He's definitely inside my top thirty. I've got him ahead of Dansby Swanson. Hey, right, as yeah. well, you should. Um. Hmm. Okay. Let's see. What are we gonna do the rest of the show? We're gonna talk about yesterday. I forgot to talk about a couple guys yesterday. Danny Duffy and Dylan Bundy. I love that they pitch on the same day all the time. Um. They both pitched well on Tuesday. Danny Duffy uh pitched well at the Yankees. Now he has apparently has fixed a mechanical issue with his hip. His hips were flying open, and the velocity has been very good. And he was throwing like 94 late in the game on Tuesday. So I think that's a great sign for Duffy. And Bundy, I don't really know what to say about Dylan Bundy, but I may have spoken about him a little bit yesterday. But I did want to bring that up about uh, Danny Duffy. I thought that was interesting. Fix the mechanical flaw. Velocity is better now. That's good information to have. I I mean, he's had two very good starts against the Yankees back-to-back. One at Yankee Stadium. Very encouraging. I've got Duffy as a top 25 starting pitcher. And uh, I feel more like I I never really dropped him too far, but I got to the point to where I felt like, uh, do I have Duffy too high? And now I just feel comfortable with it. Okay. Uh, did you? Oh, Joe Biagini is another guy I wanted to talk about, just because I watched the start and the fifth inning was like the most unlucky inning I've ever seen. Seeing guy single after seeing guy single, and he had, had a shutout going into that. So I don't know. I'm not saying that Joe Biagini. Biagini needs to be owned, but if you just looked at the line at Milwaukee on Tuesday, three runs and four and a third, uh, you were disgusted by it. It wasn't. It was not nearly that bad. There's a there's a term for this. What's that? Confirmation bias. I mean, but we don't you know anything. Decided about Joe you decided you like Joe Biagini. No, I haven't. I just I've decided that you like the song. Yeah, I like the song. And so you're, you're gonna, you wanna keep singing the song. So you're gonna keep pushing this Joe Biagini thing. I just like, have you seen Aladdin? I have, yeah. How many wishes do you get? You get three. Yeah. Well, I think he's used two of them. Okay, well I'm just saying, he got, he was so unlucky in that fifth inning that he would have had to be a genie to get out of it unscathed. I, I well, just, he, is. he, well, thank, I, he's yet to go more than five that. innings. He's yet to face more than twenty batters. Yeah, I know. It's a, it's an uphill battle for Joe I, I don't. I don't know. Okay. Uh, double dongs and cargo shorts. I don't know why, but cargo had to make this list. Anthony Rizzo double donged. He's got four homers in his last four games. Steven Souza said that he just relaxed to play. He was putting too much pressure on himself when he was terrible for about a month, and he had a two homer game yesterday against the Angels. And Carlos Gonzalez appears to be heating up. 392 with two home runs in his last 13 games, and he looks mm-hmm. like a glorified Justin Upton uh, last few years. Just very streaky. Uh, Carlos Gonzalez could be the, one of the worst hitters in baseball for weeks at a time, but uh, he seems to always turn it around. Anthony, uh, you know what? Let's we talk about this some other time. Was, what are my, you going to say question, about Rizzo? Was Steven Souza putting too much pressure on him the previous two full seasons as well? <laughs> like this said. is just, this is too, who he is. He strikes yeah. out way too much to take advantage of what are some really interesting skills. He's an athletic guy who's got power, but 
it's really hard to take advantage of that if you strike out 35% of the time. You have to be elite at pretty much everything else. And he's not. He's not Miguel Sano. He's not Aaron Judge. If, if Anthony Rizzo continues this tear for like another two weeks, I'm going to bring up that discussion we had a week or two ago about the – he's going to go on a tear to get his numbers back to the – whatever, the yeah. gambler's fallacy, whatever you yeah. were calling no, it. No, I, I know, and I've thought about that multiple times since we had that discussion because I think I was kind of right in the middle and still right in the middle of under, – I understand math-wise Chris is right and you are wrong. <laughs> um, I and like – and not just like math-wise but like major league history-wise, like – your whole argument about Kyle Seeger is that he's not going to make up for the lost time, right? I don't think I said that. Well, you said you think you think it's you think he's going to have the worst. You, year you said you think he's going to have the worst career of, season of his career because of what he's done so far. Okay, yeah. But you don't think the underlying skill set has changed? I mean, there's so you're some, you're, you're applying that selectively. some struggling. <laughs> okay, going on there. but I think Carlos <laughs> Gonzalez is sort of an like example the history of, of what baseball I was on Adam's side. I think Carl, oh, hit, not, hitters no, have it's definitely not terrible cold streaks and extreme hot streaks. Right, but that's not but that's not the argument. That is the what? argument is that because he's been cold, he has to get hot to make up for. It. I you think a guy like Anthony you Rizzo, adju- yeah, you don't adjust There's your expectations up and because a player's had a cold streak. You Math ex- wise, Chris is right. No, you I don't expect, think. I don't think you. Don't, I don't you think expect you ex- Anthony Rizzo to be Anthony Rizzo moving forward. No, and that I, will uh, mean some hot streak, but it also means. You what about don't Carlos Gonzalez? That's kind of like semantics, though. Like, it's not, uh, yeah, of course there will be hot streaks. Like, but it's, that's what I'm saying. But what you're saying is that to get to a 920 OPS by the end of the season, which is where we expect Anthony Rizzo to be every year, he has to hit a 970 OPS for the rest of the season. No, you should expect him to have a 920 OPS. Carlos Gonzalez from now on, I would expect to have an 850 OPS or whatever his. But that's not what he's going to do. He's going to have a 1,000 OPS. Right, but your expectation should be that he Why? should be the person that he is. No, forward. I don't know. I see that I don't agree with. But I also think it depends how long into the season you are. I mean, like if it's a long slump, then you have to reconsider. Maybe there's something. Something more serious. Right, you look but, at the underlying skill set, and that's why I wasn't ever worried with Carlos Gonzalez because he's just no or, always been or a Rizzo. Player. Yeah, we weren't worried about Rizzo either, and that's but, why but I'm not he's worried about Kyle get, Seager. But Kyle Seager's not Anthony number. Rizzo or Carlos Gonzalez. But if I'm if I'm but, say, but Chris, like if if Jose Quintana right had the very similar ERA stretch in the ten mm-hmm. starts mid season last year, and then I get I'm guessing if you took that away and you looked at his numbers in the other twenty starts, mm-hmm. you're looking at an amazing pitcher. Yes. So Sub three ERA probably. Why do I not look at if you expect Jose Quintana to be the three thirty ERA because guy that he's expect, been every year? Because you don't expect him to you expect him to be a three thirty ERA guy moving forward. You don't expect him to be a two five ERA guy to get to a three thirty. I mean I you should with that particular player, case but, I agree, but but with Rizzo's case I felt like there was a like 1200 OPS hot streak coming over a few weeks. Sure, it definitely was. But that's always true. Like within that yeah. 920 OPS. But isn't that, but within that 920 OPS, you expect a 1200 hot yeah, streak. Yeah, I know. I think, we're, I think we're arguing the same if thing. If you know a player is, go- you expect him to have a 920 OPS and you expect him to have hot streaks and right, cold and streaks. Right. And my argument and he's is. He's already had his cold streak. But my, no, my argument is that you don't like, it's not like, you check off a box. He had his cold streak. Okay, now he has his hot streak. Sometimes you have two kind of cold like streaks. That's kind of yeah. No, no, but but sometimes <laughs> you have two. But, you have a cold streak but sometimes too. Sometimes you have two cold streaks in, instead of just one. Sometimes you never have the cold streak. Sometimes and you have Bryce Harper. But that's why I'm talking about Rizzo. I'm talking about Rizzo. Though. But that's you shouldn't. Thing, like, ju- you shouldn't just change your expectation for a player because he's been good. 
or because he's been bad. You should expect him to play to the skill set. Whatever you think that skill set is, and reasonable people uh, can disagree on that, but like when I no, look at I, Kyle I, Seeger, I don't think Kyle Seeger's going to have a 950 OPS for the rest of the season to make up for lost ground. I think he's going to be Kyle Seeger moving forward. And if I'm trading for Kyle Seeger, I'm not trading for him with the expectation, well, look, he's got his cold streak out of the way. Now it's all hot streaks no, from here. I, but if he's I trade, just rolling if I, downhill. If I trade for Kyle Seeger, I am expecting better than standard Kyle Seeger. I don't know if it's going to be... Like, I'm not tremendous. I think, I just, but he's gonna I think get that, hot. I think like, that's he's a gonna, fallacy. But he's gonna get hot, and he's go, or he could just have another. He, he could, could just, but from now but on, he could have guessing. the same production. Like that's your expectation should be that he is who he is. I don't know. I, I yeah, that he'll no, be who that, he is. I get that you and don't he'll agree. get hot to get there. I get that you don't agree, but like. Uh, but the logic and history is on my side. I don't agree. The math that's is on your side. No, no, no. Like I can find. I, I'll. I will go home but tonight. Give me and Carlos bring, Gonzalez right there. I, like Carlos <laughs> Gonzalez is a perfect example. He's a streaky hitter. Yeah, but uh, you should expect him to be a streaky hitter. Moving I, th- forward. I honestly not, feel like we are saying the same thing. We're not, not. different. We're I, definitely saying different things. They're both going to get okay, hot. I will find my baseball prospectus by the numbers book. They have a piece in that. I will bring it in tomorrow. This okay. has been studied. Uh, all right, and I'm not saying it applies to everyone. I'm just saying, like, I look at Anthony Rizzo. He's super cold. His numbers are going to be where we expect them to be at the end of the year. And if you, all right, I fine. guess be, his OPS will keep, be a little lower. We will keep this. We will look at the end of the year and see what happened with Anthony Rizzo. He will be the one that determines who is right and who is wrong. All right, emails. John in Boston. Who has the most sing, the single most devastating pitch in baseball? Cindergard slider, McCullers curveball, a Kershaw pitch, or other? Uh, it's Cindergard slider. It, Did you guys see Barrios' curveball yesterday? Yeah, you know, the, the Jose Fernandez comps, like, make sense to a certain extent. Partially it's one's Puerto Rican, one's Cuban, and people just kind of assume that's the same thing. Um, but also, <laughs> like, Barrios' curveball, it, it's bigger than Jose's. It doesn't move quite as hard, and I think it, it's just not quite as good. But it's really good. Yeah, but it was nasty. It's Syndergaard sliders that that it has like a 35% swinging strike rate. That pitch is ridiculous. This is from Sean in Kingston. Dear Peter, Joe, and Chris. Okay. Family guy. Yep. Uh, would you trade Cody Bellinger and Johnny Cueto, Cody Bellinger and Cueto, for a catcher-eligible Kyle Schwarber and Dallas Keuchel? Bellinger yep. and Cueto for yep. Schwarber and Keuchel. Yep, I would. Okay. I would. This is from John. He says, hey, Brett, David, and Zach. Royals? Royals pitchers. Brett Saberhagen, David Cohn, and Zach Greinke. Royals Cy Young winners. Ah. I was hoping Keith could clear something up for me that's been nagging at me. I commend him for his lifetime loyalty to the Chiefs and Royals. But what's up with KU? Heath is from Missouri. He should be a Mizzou fan, not a Fairweather bandwagon KU fan. If he went to KU, that is far worse. So what's the story with that? Uh, I actually spent one semester at MU. So wow. that will make you it, are such a wow. bandwagon fan. That will make it even wow. worse. I'm not a bandwagon fan. I've been He's a like, KU Adam, fan. At least you went to UM, right? Of course, I yeah, went to UM. At least you're you're one of those. But I also grew up at UM. You're like the only person who went to UM and roots for them. We got ten thousand undergrads. <laughs> I uh, I became a KU fan at nine years old, watching Danny Manning, and I just always stayed a KU fan. Okay, and I actually, I mean. The Kansas campus is very close to the border. I lived much closer to the campus than I did to Columbia. State lines are mostly arbitrary. I just went with the college that was closest to me. Okay. Wow. Uh, the question that John had for fantasy baseball, 16 head, to, 16 team head, head points league. Uh, please rank these hitters. Give me your top three 
rest of season, position eligibility does not matter. Oduble, Justin Bohr, Mabin, Matt Adams, Devin Travis, Tommy Joseph, Guriel. I think I'm going Oduble, Bohr, Joseph. Yeah, that's probably right. Over Devin Travis. Yeah. And Bohr, you have Herrera number one over Bohr? In a points league, yes. That one's tough. Because Bohr does actually have pretty good play. But he doesn't walk uh, Oduble. Yeah. I mean, we might have to dispel yeah, I mean, that. Yeah, Bohr over Oduble. Okay. Heath, still Oduble? No, because Bohr's had a hot streak, and so I know he has a nice <laughs> cold streak coming. This is from J. Lou in New York. Devin Travis or Jose Ramirez? Jose Ramirez. All right, this is from – I'll save this one for last. This is from Bob in Chicago. What's up with Oledmus Diaz? Uh, that's a tough one to answer. In, I've in dropped Oledmus Diaz – in my rankings, um, we don't have the long track record with yep. him. Let's He's talk one hit wonders tomorrow. I want to, that's a topic we need to discuss. Kevin in Texas is, uh, would you drop Pujols for Boar? No. Uh, maybe. That's not an answer. Give us an answer. Uh, maybe. Uh, thanks, Chris. I, I think they're both like in the, 17 to 20. Both future Hall of Famers. First base. <laughs> uh, this is from Coach Mack. He says, Dear Mr. Feeney, Mr. Garrison, and Mr. Finn. Teachers. Who's Mr. Finn? I don't know. I'm assuming they're teachers. Well, it, that's gotta be teachers. He's a teacher. I'm a geometry teacher in Greenville, South Carolina, a longtime listener. Sometimes in class, I will pose questions just to see how the students arrive at an answer. More concerned about the critical thinking part of this exercise more than anything. So with that said, is Justin Upton droppable? For the likes of Gardner, Shebler, Morrison, Smoke, Holiday, or Kepler, 12-team, 7-by-7 category league, is just enough to droppable for Gardner, Shebler, Morrison, Smoke, Holiday, Kepler? Nope. No. We did not give him the, our, our, our thinking. I, You know, I'll critically think it and say if all those guys are available, that means you've got decent waiver wire, play the hot hand, Upton's not that good anymore. He's just not. He was really good. Yeah, that's just my th- like six months ago. That's this is and six, okay. Let's six let's weeks ago. Let's steer into the into the question. The critical thing is okay. We'll we'll play the hot hand. You want to play Justin Upton when he's hot. Sit him when he's not. How do you tell? Well, he goes into prolonged stretches. Like right now, he's unbelievably cold. Sure, but it might last. It might last another two months. What's I don't think it's gonna last another. Two it months. might. Last year he got dropped. I remember he got dropped in my in one of my leagues, and I picked up Upton, and he had a huge finish. Yeah, he he was great. But what's the trigger? Oh, I, I like trigger. no. I'm asking your decision making. You're the one who's saying you're gonna play right the now. Hand, I'm sitting so. him. Okay, but 100%. when do you decide to hit him? Start. Start hitting. He has a good week. I'll put him back in. What? Okay. Yeah, that's it's not that it's not rocket science, honestly. Yeah, I'm just not sure. It's not rocket science, but it's not any kind of science, and that that's what I struggle with. With like, playing he's the an hand. annoying player. Yeah, so like, and I think cool. you just kind of you should probably just ride it. I think, like, I think well, you should definitely of, sit him. I think at the end of the day, he's going to be better than all these guys. That's fair. I okay. would not drop him for these guys. I do not. Have, I would be sitting him. And I I don't mind the idea of with streaky players like this, you make them show something before you put them back in the lineup. Yeah, I think what Chris is trying to say, I'll just paraphrase to end the show, is that Justin Upton, we can guess where his numbers will be at the end of the year. So he's really cold right now. Uh, you know, his history shows he will get hot. Yeah, he's he's got to make right. up. Yeah, exactly. I flipped a coin five five times. It came up heads four. So the next one's definitely going to be taken. Coins play baseball. Exactly. All right. Thank you, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow.